I'm Amanda. And I'm Mike. And this, this is Saturday, Saturday Morning, Morning Cereal. Hey, what's up, guys? And welcome to Season 4 of Saturday Morning Cereal. I'm Amanda, here with Mike and... I hope you guys all had a great summer. Mike, I feel like we were sick the whole summer. <laughs> yeah, I had some type of like cold and then I caught COVID. So I was out for the count this whole summer. Like yeah. summer came and went. Likewise, like you got that whatever sinus thing that went around and then you gave it to me. But then I got COVID first after um, like my brother's wedding and then we went to C2E2. And then you had it a week later, so... Ugh. Yes, I give you something, you give me something real merry and happy. Right. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, yeah, like, this summer, we did watch quite a few things, uh, regardless of being ill. I vaguely remember watching Prey, because that was, like, right at the peak of when I had COVID. I had, like, the fever the whole nine yards. Mike, you had a mild case. But we sat down and we watched Prey. And I never have seen, really, I've seen Alien, but, like, I haven't seen, like, the Alien Predator movies, so I had no idea that this movie was, like, a Predator type of thing. So, I wasn't that nuts about it. Mike, you liked it, right? I It was a different story than what I had come accustomed to in, like, a Predator movie. Um, obviously, the most famous Predator movie is the first one with Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, in the jungle. And this was more of an earlier time in the predator timeline in like just like a plain land with like marshes all over the place and all these uh first people um and uh you know they're all speaking their languages and then the french show up and the french are speaking french and you can't understand them it's like a complete role reversal of everything i had come to expect in like a modern action movie and i was legitimately impressed mm-hmm and then we watched Everything Everywhere at Once. And Mike, I know you were excited about, you, you really wanted to see this movie. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll watch it too. Whatever. I really enjoyed it. It was crazy. It was wild. I loved the dad or husband in that movie. Like, he was adorable with his little fanny pack. I, I just, it was great. Like, it blew me away. It was the most original movie I've seen in a couple of years. It was just so fresh and exciting. It was like, it was like the Matrix, but it was like it felt like it was directed by like Edgar Wright. Like the movie just seeped energy everywhere. Yeah, it uh, it definitely like I I don't know. I went into this just thinking, but like you didn't have to have all the fancy characters like in the Marvel films or Matrix, and you just had like everyday people experiencing this and i did enjoy that there was a bit of humor in it too it is a really funny movie yeah i mean we were laughing just as much as we were on the edge of our seats and as much as we were going for the tissues during the emotional scenes mm-hmm. and jamie lee curtis is in it too and she's just she's so funny like she's so like she doesn't laugh she doesn't i don't know she's like one of those characters that plays off like she doesn't mean to be funny, but she is funny. Yeah, she's got very much a dry sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So then we went to Cinema Day, which if you guys didn't know that, and I posted this on Twitter, 
movies at movie theaters were three dollars each and then each theater at their own discretion had deals on snacks like popcorn and whatever so my brother actually picked the movie beast to go see and it was okay it was a lot better than i thought it was kind of like what jaws and like a, a version of jaws just but with a lion right Idris Elba was in it, and, you know, it was entertaining. Mike, you had a lot to say about that, though, right? Yeah, it was unintentionally funny in parts for me. Um, but it were, it wasn't an appropriate movie to watch just after so recently have seen play, uh, Prey, because it's like the similar story of, you know, mm-hmm. man versus beast, and Prey did a lot better job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, that was definitely a one-time viewing for us. Um, and then, Mike, you've been watching Superman and Lois? Yeah, I finally caught up on the second season of Superman Lois. It's on HBO Max now, for everyone, anyone curious. And uh, this season introduced Bizarro Superman, and it was a lot of fun to watch. And I absolutely adore this cast and these characters. And it's pretty much the perfect modern-day Superman story so uh if you're not a big fan of like the arrowverse shows and the cw in general the superman and lois show reads more like uh hpl max show and it's the budget feels bigger uh there's not as much soapy drama it's 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 a great show awesome and then we are currently watching brooklyn 99 we started that this summer and it's just so funny we love the show we're fans of always sunny in Philadelphia and we needed like a funny show to watch in the evenings when we just kind of need to unwind. So we are very much enjoying Brooklyn Nine-Nine. We're still, we're on season two, three? Two or three. Yeah, Yeah, I think three. Three. Yeah. So loving that so far. And then over the summer, actually the week after I, I was over COVID, my mom and I went to New York City and I saw two Broadway shows. I went to Wicked for the 87th millionth and a half time. <laughs> um, but in, in my defense, though, I haven't seen it at the Gershwin in like way over 10. It has to be like 10 or 12 years. So for me, I felt like I was 15 again because I was so obsessed with that show. If you remember my previous Broadway episode, we were talking that I saw Wicked a lot when it was here in Chicago. So I felt like I was 15 again. It was great. And the cast was phenomenal. I loved the Alphaba and Galinda. It's been a while since I've seen just two actresses. Just their chemistry was off the charts. And they nailed the character's personality. So, you know, it was amazing. If you are in the area in New York, and just please go see Wicked. I don't know the actresses' names. I'll If I figure them out, I'll probably mention them later in the episode here but we also saw Dear Evan Hansen we won the lottery for that and oh my gosh we saw Gaten from Stranger Things and that little kid he can sing I mean he's just so great and he kind of he's not a kid anymore he's almost 20 years old he's always gonna be a child in my eyes but yeah he can sing and he kind of plays like an asshole version of Dustin in Dear Evan Hansen everyone thinks like oh he's the main character he's not uh, but whoever was the main actor as Evan Hansen, though, was amazing. We cried. It was just such a great show. So that was that. And then Mike and I went to C2E2. And if you remember from past episodes, I have some... We talked about, like, Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. 
and we met the voice actress of Cora, Janet Varney. But first, I gotta shout out congrats to my brother and my new sister-in-law on their wedding last month. It was really fun, it was beautiful. But then the day after, Mike and I took the train to Chicago and went to C2E2. And now, guys, this was before like COVID symptoms really hit us. Um, and overall, I mean, we were kind of dead from the wedding the night before, but we met Janet Varney. We got a photo op with her and an autograph. And before the con, Mike made her this awesome denim jacket. It had like Cora on the back and the avatar symbols down the sleeve. Like it was just awesome. And Mike, you were so nervous to give it to her, but oh my God, it was like the best. She loved it. She was floored when we gave it to her and she was just the nicest, sweetest human being ever. Oh my goodness. So I've been kind of have like, I've been doing this hobby where I, uh, I recently came into possession of a heat press and what a heat press is is that it transfers uh, ink from paper onto cloth through sublimation so I special order these prints off of this Etsy store called Lime Design Studios and he prints out my design on paper and puts adhesive glue on the back of it and then I can take that design and I can press it onto t-shirts or blankets or whatever but I've been doing jackets recently, and I made one for Janet, and I was just so nervous about giving it to her because, like, you know, I've never given a celebrity anything, you know. Um, it's, I don't know if I would ever do it again for, like, you know, a bigger celebrity, but Janet Varney is very much the nicest human being ever, and she was so sweet, and she was wearing the jacket the rest of the day, and she made an Instagram post about it, and it just it just made my day that she was so happy. Yeah, make sure you guys check out her Instagram page to see it. It's awesome. So this past weekend, D23 was happening in Anaheim, California, and there was a lot of exciting news. Now, we're not going to go in detail over everything because, you know, we're trying to keep this under an hour here. Uh, but the first thing that got announced that I'm excited for is Disenchanted, which comes out in November. It's the sequel to Enchanted, which came out when I was in high school, which is crazy. So I'm kind of like, I think this movie might be like 10 years too late in the making because everyone's older. And Enchanted's one of those movies where I love it. It's one of my favorites. And I love the music. I love all the actors in it. But you forget about it. It's a very forgettable movie, and it's a, such a shame. But I, I hope this movie turns it around. And then we have The Little Mermaid, which comes out on May 26, 2023. The trailer looks great. We're so excited. And what's her name? Do you know her name that's starring as Ariel? It sounds like Holly Berry, but it's not. I think it's like Halle Haley. Berry. Haley Bell. Uh, yeah, something like that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we're bad with names. But yeah. You can speak for yourself about your excitement because these Disney live action movies have not been my cup of tea. No, I mean, this this one looks good, but... That's what they say every time. Yeah, but then, okay, now we're going to get into Mufasa. No, absolutely not. The, I, I have no idea when that comes out, actually. I think it's like 2024 or something, but it's going to be a prequel to The Lion King, but it's also live action. And that live action Lion King was the first Disney film I wanted to walk out because it was so boring. It was so bad. Okay, and then we got Snow White with Gal Gadot in 2024. 
Hocus Pocus 2 comes out September 30th. Pixar, they have a couple things coming out. Uh, one is called Elemental that comes out June 16th, 2023. And then they also have a new series coming out called Win or Lose that's also coming out in 2023. Inside Out 2 is coming in 2024. I love that movie, so I'm very excited about that. There's a animation film coming out called Elio. I'm not really too sure what that's about. But regardless, like, I know Pixar hasn't really been impressing us too much, and but I, I still see all the movies that come out. I don't know. It just must be because I'm dedicated. <laughs> I don't know. So another one that's coming out, it's like a short, it's called Wish, and it's what Wishing on a Star really ca- came to be with Disney, how their mantra is like, when you wish upon a star, all your dreams come true. This short is kind of explaining that. And that comes out November 23rd, 2022, so this year. Um, And then Lucasfilm dropped Andor, which that comes out September 21st already, so next week. And we get three episodes. It's kind of crazy. And we are going to be reviewing that on here, so stay tuned for that. And then The Mandalorian Season 3 comes out in 2023, which isn't a shock to everybody. But, like, Mike and I were just saying, we feel like we've seen The Mandalorian, like, just recently. Yeah, Boba Fett was basically The Mandalorian. It was the Boba Fett show, and then it became The Mandalorian, and it was a disappointment. Yeah. And then we also have Tales of the Jedi, which is an animated short coming out October 26th. And then it looks like there's a new original Lucasfilm that's coming out on Disney Plus November 30th called Willow. That looks interesting. I'm, I'll watch it. I've never seen the original, so mm-hmm. we'll have, we might have to catch up on that. Yeah, binge all of it. But anyway, audience members were also treated to a first look of Ahsoka, so that's exciting. And I heard through the grapevine that before we watch Ahsoka, we're going to have to watch, is it Rebels? It's Clone Wars. Clone Wars, yeah. So, you know, just take that before you go into Osaka here. And then the Marvel panel started, and they had Rogers the Musical perform from the Hawkeye series. And that's on YouTube. You can see it. it, I love that. I know not a lot of people, that's not their cup of tea. But as a theater nerd. It was just because it was the post credit scene for Hawkeye, and people expected, you know, the next big reveal, but it was just fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the post credit scene with Rogers the Musical. <laughs> and then Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was announced, and your favorite Paul Rudd was there. <laughs> I adore Paul Rudd, okay? Just just leave him alone, all right? I, I'm not hating. He, he was there for you when you needed him, okay? Uh, that's true. We had a bad experience driving the C2E2 one year, and Paul Rudd was there, and he, like, rubbed my shoulder. He thought, like, I, I was like, oh, maybe he thought I, or he knew I had a bad day. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and then Wakanda Forever, they were there. Um, and then this looks interesting. I don't know. I'll watch it. It's called Werewolf by Night. I have no idea what this is it's by marvel it's like their first like i don't know i would describe it as kind of like a mix between grindhouse horror and like a monster movie from mm-hmm. universal in that era um, i was just talking to my buddy rich about it and we're both pretty excited about it. it comes out october 7th okay yeah and then i'm expecting maybe some cool cameos maybe from dane whitman maybe from blade maybe from moon knight 
Wow. Uh, Interesting. Uh, maybe Ghost Rider. I mean, someone's going to show up in this thing and just floor us. I bet you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Fantastic Four director Matt Shackman. Am I saying that right, Mike? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but he announced that November 8th, 2024 is the film. But there wasn't any casting and a lot of people were sad. <laughs> And I'd then, like to see John Krasinski come back as Reed Richards. I thought he was all right. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy respects the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he he's a likable character actor. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the Secret Invasion Disney Plus show that's going to be streaming 2023 dropped a trailer. Trailer looks awesome. So excited to see Nick Fury back. Taking on scrolls. We don't know if he's taking them on, though, or if they're on his side. We don't even know if this is the Nick Fury that we know. This could be a mm. scroll pretending to be a Nick Fury that was pretending to be a scroll. Oh, man. I mean, this could be like Tropic Thunder levels of meta going on here. This could be like Inception. This yeah. could be a dream within a dream within a dream. We just don't know what to expect. Uh, the cast looks stacked. Yep. Ben Middleton, Amelia Clark, Olivia Coleman, right? Yes. All great actors. I am very excited for this. When Nick Fury shows up, it's generally just a great time. He was my Mm -hmm. favorite part of Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. He just brings such a great presence to all the films. Just Samuel Jackson in general. Like, when he just shows up, you're just like, your majesty. (laughs) So, Don Cheadle, he is there. He's there for Secret Invasion, but he was also there uh, for Armor Wars. That's coming to Disney+. Plus. There wasn't any news about that, really. They just think it was just a general announcement. And then my favorite, Season 2 of Loki, Tom Hiddleston, Sophia Martino. They were there, and you know they were just kind of talking about what to expect for Season 2. Audience members got a sneak peek, which kills me. I'm like, oh, I want to see. <laughs> and then Key... Oh my gosh, and this name, Ki Hui Kwan, he's announced for season two of Loki, and he plays the dad that I was talking about in Everything Everywhere at Once, and I loved him in that film, so I'm so excited for him to be just joining the MCU, joining the God of Mischief, it's going to be fantastic. Do you hope he plays like a Loki variant? Like, what do you what do you want to see him play? I don't know. That's a great question. I would love to see him maybe even be like a sidekick to Loki. I think he would be like a really good, I don't know, um, like a a good opposite of Loki to like mellow out the mood. Because Loki is just kind of always serious and brooding, even though like he's not. (laughs) Um, Just someone who's like, because we had Casey in season one, like the first episode or two, and he was funny. So... Something like that, maybe? I could see him playing someone from the TVA, or possibly, how cool would it be, okay? If we could hearken back to this guy's le- uh, legacy in Indiana Jones, and he played, like, oh. a Loki variant treasure hunter, that would be so cool. That'd like, be like cool. an Indiana Jones Loki? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm writing Marvel. <laughs> I'm writing. Right. Sign me up. I'll write it. I'll write it. Just call me. And then these next two announcements were pretty exciting. The next one was Echo, which we knew is coming, and Wilson Fisk is going to be in that. So, oh my gosh, Mike, Vincent, what's his last name? D'Onofrio. Thank you, I'm blanking. He was there, and then he stayed on stage for the Daredevil announcement, and Charlie the Mancox came out, and they just were talking about they just got casted and all that fun stuff. But they were just, it was so great to see them together, and... Daredevil for me, I 
I didn't see it until what well, last year we watched it, and I love it. And I just really hope that you know because it's officially Disney owned that they don't water it down. Yes, I Daredevil was great because it was it it was kind of its own pocket universe within the MCU, and whether or not it is continuity is still to be clarified or, or debated, but. Yeah, I mean, Daredevil needs... He can have lighter moments. Like, mm-hmm. like Spider-Man has lighter moments, but he needs to bring the drama, he needs to bring the angst, and he needs to bring the Catholic guilt and misery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, and like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, The Defenders, like, you know, those shows have a lot of sex and a lot of violence and, you know, just not non-Disney stuff in those shows, right? But that's what made them so great. And... It's just I just hope that that whole aspect, like it doesn't just lose what they built over on Netflix. Yeah, the, it, Daredevil really was an achievement in my eyes that yeah. they had taken this character from this previous movie that was very poorly received, and they had brought it into the bigger Marvel universe, and they also made it stand out so well with you know great performances, excellent writing, incredible stunts. Like it's just. My highest recommendation to watch Daredevil if you haven't. Mm -hmm. And we also did cover Daredevil in an episode last season. So make sure you go back and check that out if you're interested. So moving on, the next thing that was announced was Captain America New World Order, which has Sam as Captain America. So that's exciting. And then the Thunderbolts. Florence Pugh coming back as Elena Belova. Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan coming back as Funky Barnes. Dave Harbour coming back as Red Guardian. All these great characters. Um, it looks so good. Yeah, there is there's a, there's some great characters there. I expect a lot of playful banter, mm-hmm. and I really need to see opposing point of views. I need to see opposing objectives during missions. I need Elena Belova to have one mission, and I need um u.s agent to have another mission and i need them to just butt heads and fight all the time i need it to happen yeah no when i saw the announcement and then i saw the cast i was like oh i'm so excited for the banter between the characters and then i'm excited to see elena and bucky together <laughs> yeah because she, she's gonna annoy the crud out of him <laughs> yeah maybe they might get together because bucky barnes did have a relationship with the og black widow in the comics mm-hmm. So maybe something could happen. But he is like, I don't know, 100 years too old for her. Yeah, but he's so alone, though. Like, oh, I can't. I feel sorry. My heart hurts for Bucky. And then finally, the Marvels. And Brie Larson was there. The girl who plays Kamala Khan. Iman Bellamy. Yeah, she was there. And, you know, that's a movie, like, I'm looking forward to. I'm very excited to see Zowie Ashton, who, if you guys don't know, is engaged to Tom and they're having their first baby. Holy crap. Bummer, man. Oh, man. No, no. but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, she's playing the villain in the Marvel. So it's, it's fun how, you know, they're both villains, but I'm excited to see her in that. I respect her so much as an actress and Brie Larson back as Carol Danvers. Can't, you know, it'll be great. I'm excited. I know a lot of people are just like, like lay off her. Come on guys. She, she's a great voice for, a uh, woman in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and just in film in general. Yeah. Go, Brie, go. Yeah. I'm behind you. Same. So turning over to, like, non-Marvel, this is just, like, general Disney movies. Indiana Jones 5 with Harrison Forb and Phoebe Waller-Bridge got announced. 
And there was a cute little reunion between Harrison Ford and Key, or Kay, if I'm saying his name right. Again, I'm such a name butcher. Um, and then the Santa Clauses streaming on Disney+. Plus. Tim Allen is back as the Santa Claus. That streams November 16th. Avatar The Way of Water comes out December 16th, the much-anticipated sequel to the first Avatar movie that just, like, smashed box office records. So we'll see if that will bring it again. We're going to get Amanda to sit down and watch it if she hasn't seen seen it, folks. Yeah. I've been to Pandora at Disney World, and I love it. It's such a great... And I I love Flight of Passage, too. It's That ride is, like, next level. But, like, I've never seen the film, so I was a little confused. Yeah, I I had to clarify (laughs) the film a little bit for her because she referred to them as, like, the blue critters. I was like, no, no, Amanda, those are, like, people. They're people. (laughs) They're people. I thought they were, like, monkeys or something. I don't know. Anyway... Um, and then we got the Percy Jackson series coming out. And then Big Shot Season 2 comes out on October 12th already on Disney+. Plus. And I covered that series in the past as well. It, you know, it was just a great show. It's just kind of one of those shows you just sit back and watch and you're entertained. And as someone who grew up with the Disney Channel, it's very much a Disney Channel type of show, but with a modern edge. So, you know, overall, great lineup. I'm excited for what's coming. So this past weekend, the live action Pinocchio film came out on Disney Plus. And not to be confused, I just learned not too long ago, there's actually another Pinocchio film coming out on Netflix directed by Guillermo del Toro. So, so excited for that because, you know, if you guys don't know, Pinocchio has a like kind of like a dark storyline to it. So for him to take on the story, I can only imagine what he's going to do with it and it just looks so great so i'm excited for that it's remade from the past animated film that was walt's like i think it's walt's second film he made yeah right after snow white yeah and you know it stars tom hanks and for me tom hanks when he's in a movie it's a win because i love him who doesn't right but a lot of things were changed in this film so to start off i at first, I was a little weirded out over the CGI, especially with the CGI Figaro. For me, like Tom Hanks as a real live flesh and blood human being really didn't fit into this whole CGI setting for me. I, I don't know. I was just like kind of bugged out from it. And obviously, because of the times, the drugs and the alcohol, they, that was all gone from this film. And they added a lot of things into this movie and took out a lot of things from the past movie and it's like I don't know how I feel about it but overall this movie was just kind of meh like I didn't hate it but I didn't like it I will tell you that to me Pinocchio felt like a hostage in his own movie like he didn't feel like a main character he just kept on like falling into different different like um situations and he didn't really make like a choice as a protagonist and they made Pinocchio such a goody two-shoes in this movie mm-hmm. and like he was supposed to be a naughty puppet that learns to be a, a, a good real boy and he just didn't have that journey and you're right the CGI was it was off at times Pinocchio looks really good but the CGI in general looks really bad some places yeah and Zemeckis yeah. has Kind of like a love-hate relationship with CGI because he's obviously a pioneer of CGI technology, directing Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. 
he directed those like realistic CGI movies like like Beowulf and did he direct um the Polar Express too? Yes. Oh, I don't know. I think he did. Yes. So he got really frustrated with live action filmmaking at one point because he was directing Castaway and he had to wait for Tom Hanks to like slender down to like, you know, look like he was living on a desert island for that long. And he had to go shoot another movie, but he just got really frustrated and he came out with all these different realistic CGI movies and Pinocchio feels like a not so great medium between the two. And I was just, you know, the movie was okay. And then to see the credits roll and to see that one of the best directors ever had directed this movie, it soured my taste in the film. Like, Zemeckis is so good. And he's a pioneer. He's He has such a range of different stories he can tell. And he's so good with actors. And he's so good with visual comedy. And he's so good with drama. And this movie just was such a letdown in yeah. all those regards. Yeah, you were pretty distraught when you saw the credits roll and saw who directed it. <laughs> yeah. So, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he plays the voice of Jiminy Cricket. I thought he was good. I thought Jiminy Cricket was well done, too. Like, well designed. I really enjoyed when he hopped and they added that extra, like, cricket chirp. That was really clever. I, I really did commend them for that that's awesome and then obviously i said tom hanks he plays geppetto and he did pretty good in his role i just felt like the writing for geppetto so they gave him kind of like a reason for why pinocchio he wants pinocchio to be alive however he doesn't really outright wishes that pinocchio or for pinocchio to be a real boy right they gave him like a backstory they gave him that like, he had a son that died and a wife that died, which wasn't the case in the older film. The older film, Geppetto just, you know, was like, I want this puppet to be a real boy. And I was reading a review, and this person was just like, yeah, because that's not creepy or anything. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, you know, I see how they, you know, the story of him having a deceased son, you know, he, it just kind of fills the void in his heart, so... You know, I, I do think that was a good move on Disney's part for that. Also, the Blue Fairy didn't get that much sc screen time. Uh, Cynthia Arrivo played the Blue Fairy, and she's going to be actually the Elphaba in the future Wicked movie. So she's got an amazing voice. Please check her out. Uh, this, I liked her rendition of When You Wish Upon a Star. I thought that was really well done as well. But again, the Blue Fairy didn't really have a lot of screen time, and she's pretty much a big deal in the story. So that was kind of weird for me. And then Benjamin Evan Ainsworth, he plays Pinocchio's voice. He did pretty good. Overall. He, he, I haven't seen the original animated film in a long time, but he sounds like a, a voice double for the original Pinocchio. He did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah. And then like a couple little things here and there too. They actually showed Pinocchio going to school, but not being accepted into the school because he's a puppet. So, that was kind of like the motive for Honest John to find Pinocchio instead of like in the older animated film, Pinocchio just kind of not going to school. <laughs> so I thought that was a decent touch as well because it kind of gave Pinocchio 
uh, made Pinocchio take a step back and say, like, oh, well, what am I supposed to do? And then Honest John just swoops on in and is like, hey, we have an offer for you. Do you want to be famous? You know, and, you know, that that whole thing. And then we also had a character introduced as well. And that was Sophia. And it was like, a, it, it's a female puppet who, like, kind of looks after Pinocchio. And her what are they called? Puppet masters? Marionettes. Marionettes. The girl that does the marionette for this girl, Sophia. I'm sorry. I don't know puppetry, (laughs) but she is disabled and has like a love for dance and a love for just what she does. And it was kind of nice to have Pinocchio like interact with this puppet, I guess. The whole escape thing was just kind of muddied for me because in the original animated film, it's dark. It's, you know, there's no hope for Pinocchio, it seems. But, like, in this one, they... I just thought the character was... I mean, it was kind of nice to have a female in a sea of all these, like, male characters. And to kind of have pity on Pinocchio and help him out. So, I don't know. <laughs> and another thing, too, that I noticed was the sea monster. It wasn't a whale. And that whale is iconic. That whole part in the animated film where they get eaten by this huge whale and they turned it into a sea monster i'm like since when are we in jurassic park (laughs) i didn't like that i thought that was weird and the whole ending was weird for me because you know it's ambiguous yeah like i don't think it really was ambiguous but go on well no it's just it ended so differently like all of a sudden, Pinocchio is dashed from the Incredibles on the water. What? Like, did I miss something, Mike? Like, he's obviously like a super powered wooden boy. Like, I still don't have words for how that happened. Like, Disney, explain, please. <laughs> like, he he can swim really fast, and then he can't. He doesn't need to sustain himself with food, and then he's got a nose that can extend. Yeah. Whenever he tells a lie, he's got, like, really lame superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, just the whole thing with him just running and then, like, Geppetto almost dying. And how did the goldfish survive all this? The fish was my favorite character. The, the situations in which the fish would come back from unscathed, like, untouched, like- was was incredible to me. Like, probably my favorite part of the movie, just going, look at the fish. He's They're, they're fine. Cleo's okay. Cool fish. That Very fish cool would fish. have been like either fish food or lost at sea. Like, <laughs> but yeah, in the end, because you know, in the original animated film, he turns into a real boy. This one, they leave it up to the imagination. They they're like, yeah, it said he turns into a real boy, but did he? Hmm. But then they showed, and I I barely caught it his leg turned to flesh for a little bit <laughs> and you were like oh no <laughs> that was weird <laughs> all in all though like i don't know about you mike but i'm kind of getting sick of the live action movies from disney yeah for me there's just something that's missing from them that i can't put my th- my finger on something that just doesn't sit right with all of them so far i mean i really i thought aladdin was okay i didn't think it I was like aladdin. great um, I guess what might have helped me appreciate Aladdin more was the fact that we had seen it as a Broadway play first, and I had kind of come used to the idea that these characters could be people walking around on a stage or in a screen and not something drawn by hand. 
But yeah, these Disney live action movies, they just haven't, they're just missing something. I can't put my finger on it. And they, I don't know if it's because they're, they're either too different or they're, or they're not different enough. I, something is, the magic is missing. Yeah. And you know, you and I, we grew up with the original 2D animated films and those are classic. They're original. And I always felt like they were untouchable. There was nothing like them. And then for them to just kind of recreate those, like... Oh, Bob Iger's got his hand all over them. They are Bob not che- being... Bob they Paycheck. Being Bob Paycheck. <laughs> Bob Paycheck is putting his hands all over them. Yeah. Yeah, I think, too, what is missing from some of these is the music. Yes. Aladdin had music. It had musical numbers. That's what made it great. Like, when I had seen The Jungle Book... I love music from the Jungle Book. It's got like a swanky jazz music and it's got a mix of like, you know, drums and Congo drums. But then like you get to the movie and the characters are just kind of like talking the lyrics. Yeah. And it's very uncomfortable. They did the same thing with The Lion King. Ugh. And they did it too. They they did have a musical number for I Can't Wait to Be King, I, I think. And then when we got to Be Prepared... It was just Jafar kind of like talking, and I was like, "Oh my god, I want to leave." Just, just yeah, let me we let me go. Out. I I completely zoned out. I couldn't believe I had paid for that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, on top of the music too, though, it's the fluidness of the characters that a lot like animation allows over what, what's it called, Mike? An animation exaggeration exaggeration in characters, and like for instance, you know, a character could fall or whatever and just get back up or I, I don't know what I'm trying to get at but like when a real person does something that you know from like an animated film right and if you try to recreate that it doesn't look good at all <laughs> so I don't know yeah I'm just kind of over these live action movies to be honest so. I know, I'm I'm kind of just wondering if I I'll ever want to see anything that was ever animated be made into live action again. And I know in a couple of weeks, we're going to get a look at Avatar from Netflix with Avatar Last Airbender coming to live action. And I'm wondering, oh man, is it going to suffer the same fate as like the Disney movies? And is it just going to be like so awkward yeah. and so strange and otherworldly that it makes me uncomfortable to watch? So we'll see. Yeah, especially with Avatar, because you have all the elements and the bending, like, you just don't want it to look cheesy. Yeah, so. you want it to look, you want it to look refined, you want it to look good, you want, you want the characters to bend and for the element to react to how they're moving. Mm-hmm. You don't just want, like, six or seven characters, like, pushing a boulder at, like, six miles per hour, and you mm-hmm. don't want to mispronounce the characters' names, uh, you don't want to sap them of all any type of character-driven plot. You don't want to take out the dialogue and just replace it with exposition drivel. I mean, I, I could go on and on, but it just feels like I've seen a live-action Avatar, bef- Avatar before, but I, there's no such thing. It just, the film doesn't exist, right, Amanda? Nope. No, it doesn't, Ong. <laughs> <laughs> don't speak that name. Right. How dare you? Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying about these live-action Disney movies is they're just missing that that thing, that one thing that just made us connect with these older animated films from back in the day. That one thing, that one touch, that one 
magical moment in the films and yeah like sleeping beauty maleficent like yeah it's great like angelina jolie plays maleficent great but like she's classic from sleeping beauty and like her powers turning into the dragon and such like you can't recreate that in real life no matter how much cgi you do I will give Maleficent props because it was more an original story. And not only was it an original story, it was from a different point of view. Mm -hmm. It was from the Evil Queen's point of view. Yeah. And that was refreshing. So, I don't know, maybe maybe from now on they can make movies and they could center more on, like, the villain's point of view instead of just following the hero. Like Disney villains are a big deal. That fandom is, Yeah. Could you imagine like uh, a Little Mermaid movie that centers around Ursula oh, and how she loses? Lose yeah, like uh, people love Ursula. So well, and that's interesting you say that because during D twenty three, they were like the parks segment. They were talking about possible like what they're kind of brewing in their heads to go behind Big Thunder Mountain at Magic Kingdom, and one of the concepts was having a villain area because villains are like ha- their Halloween parties during October are all about villains, and people go crazy for these guys. So, that'd be cool. Everyone likes villains. And they get the best musical numbers in their movies. They really do. Well, that about wraps up our episode today. Uh, Take a look at our new rebranding as we have a new logo, and I am an official co-host at this point. We have a lot of great content coming up. We have a few episodes on some more Marvel stuff. Uh, For example, Black Panther, She-Hulk... We're going to be talking about uh, Avatar, The Way to Water soon. We're going to be talking about Pokemon, Scarlet and Violet. That comes out soon. We're both big Pokemon nerds. I, I got a whole box of Pokemon. Or actually, I got two booster boxes for my birthday. No uh, don't, don't get Amanda started on Pokemon cards. So, yeah, we have a lot of great episodes. So, please stay tuned and please subscribe. Thank you so much. Also, make sure you check out our new website. I forgot to add. This new website has all the platforms that you can listen to us on, as well as our social media pages. Especially follow us on Twitter at Serial Saturday. I retweet a lot of news from the entertainment outlets, such as D23. I know, you know if you follow me, your Twitter feed went nuts during D23. So I apologize. No, I don't. <laughs> but again, have a good week and we'll talk to you next time.